0: It's Thursday, February the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Facebook blocks news in Australia, and the EU buys up vaccine. First, the world in brief. Facebook stopped displaying news articles in Australia, including those shared by users. It was responding to an ultimatum from the government that online platforms pay publishers for the use of their content. Other jurisdictions, including the EU, are weighing similar legislation. Google, which is also affected by the Australian legislation, had threatened to leave the country. Yesterday, it announced a three-year agreement to pay News Corp, Rupert Murdoch's sprawling media group, to feature its content. American shock jock Rush Limbaugh died aged 70. After radio stations were freed of the legal requirement to offer balanced coverage in 1987, Mr Limbaugh traded on his cantankerous personality to build a media empire. In the process, he popularised right-wing talk radio, helped radicalise the Republican Party's base, and won a Presidential Medal of Freedom awarded by Donald Trump. The EU agreed to buy 150 million doses of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine in 2021, with an option to purchase a further 150 million in 2022. The deal, which could nearly triple the 160 million doses of the Moderna vaccine already purchased, comes after the bloc was criticised for a slow vaccine rollout and got into a spat with Pfizer over delays to the delivery of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The Gaza Strip received its first batch of COVID-19 vaccines, 2,000 doses of Sputnik V, donated by Russia to the Palestinian Authority. On Monday, Israel had blocked another shipment of vaccines, which the PA tried to send from the West Bank to Gaza, as some Israeli lawmakers demanded the return of captives held by Hamas, the militant Islamist group that controls the territory. A heavily armed party raided a boarding school in northern Nigeria. They killed one child and abducted at least 26 pupils and a dozen adults, according to state officials. The motive remains unclear, though kidnappings for ransom are not uncommon in Nigeria and schools are frequent targets. Mohamedou Buhari, the country's president, deployed security forces to aid rescue efforts. Ryanair lost its legal battle against state aid granted to flag carriers Air France and Sweden's SAS. Europe's largest budget airline claimed that schemes allowing airlines to defer taxes, as well as state guarantees for loans to help airlines survive the pandemic, were discriminatory. A court in Luxembourg disagreed. Ryanair intends to appeal to the European Union's Court of Justice. And British-American tobacco revealed that its revenues grew by 3.3% to reach £25.8 billion, $33.1 billion in the calendar year 2020, as smokers puffed their way through COVID-19 lockdowns. Over the same period, profits before tax at the world's biggest tobacco company rose by 9.6% to £8.7 billion thanks to lower costs from lawsuits about the health effects of tobacco. And now, here's today's agenda. Stock characters, Robin Hood, and GameStop. It could be a scene in a mammoth play. Five men testify to Congress today about the meteoric rise in GameStop shares. The spike forced retail brokerages, most notably Robinhood, to temporarily halt buy orders in the stock, which then declined precipitously. Robin Hood's boss, Vlad Tenev, once a hero of retail traders, quickly became a villain for skewering a beloved stock. His accomplices, it is alleged, are Ken Griffin, the billionaire owner of Citadel Securities, which handles Robin Hood's stock orders, and Gabe Plotkin, a hedge fund boss who shorted GameStop shares. Mr. Griffin bailed out Mr. Plotkin with $2 billion in capital after he experienced losses on GameStop. Also testifying will be Keith Gill, an unknown retail trader who made tens of millions of dollars, betting that GameStop shares would spike and posting about it on a Reddit forum. The social media firm's boss will appear, playing only a bit part. Lawmakers will probe these relationships, trying to tease out misdeeds. The hearing should make great theatre. A Sudden Stop, America's Mars Mission Perseverance, America's latest Mars rover, is due to land in Yezero Crater at 2055 GMT on Thursday, 6 minutes and 50 seconds after encountering the edge of the planet's atmosphere. The complex procedure whereby it deploys parachutes, fine-tunes its trajectory, and uses a separate rocket stage, the Sky Crane, to touch down gently, will be entirely automatic. It will be Mars's third arrival this month, Hope from the United Arab Emirates went into orbit on February 9th. China's Tianwen-1, or Heavenly Questions, did so on February 10th. They are both countries' first Mars missions. In May or June, the Tianwen-1 will drop a rover onto the plains of Utopia, perhaps 1,500 kilometres east of Yezero. Perseverance, meanwhile, will be busy collecting a cache of rock samples, which a future mission will return to Earth. There they can be accurately dated and scoured for signs of ancient life. From Difficult to Hard, Turkey's Economy The lira is almost like a hard currency now, wrote Timothy Ash of Blue Bay Asset Management this week. He was joking, of course but Turkey's currency is over 20% harder than it was in early November, before Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the country's president, fired the head of the central bank. That also prompted the resignation of Berat al-Bayrak, the country's finance minister, and Mr Erdogan's son-in-law. Their replacements have done a remarkable job of reviving confidence in Turkey's economic policymaking after a steep drop last year in the country's currency and its foreign exchange reserves. The central bank, which meets today, has simplified its interest rate and raised it above the rate of inflation, which is still running at almost 15%. The hope now is that Turkey's depositors, many of whom switched to dollars last year, will re-embrace the lira. And that Turkey's president, who has unorthodox views on macroeconomics, will keep his hands off its central bank. The shows must go on. Fashion Weeks Every February, fashionistas don their fanciest frocks or couture garb. Feigning indifference, they brave the winter cold for a coveted front-row seat at a show in the big four fashion weeks – New York, London, Milan and Paris. But this year, perhaps to their chagrin, everyone is invited. London's Fashion Week, beginning tomorrow, will be completely virtual and shorter than usual – It will include catwalk shows filmed in empty venues, as well as performance art. New York's, which just ended, was an almost entirely digital affair. Some prominent designers, including Ralph Lauren and Marc Jacobs, did not even show collections. Designers ignoring traditional Fashion Week cities and calendars may turn out to be this season's biggest trend. Victoria Beckham, for instance, displayed her collection early, and Gucci is shunning Milan's shows. That makes this year a fantastic opportunity for new designers. Harris Reid's London debut, for example, is hogging much of the buzz. Swear Bind, Hong Kong Civil Servants Civil servants in Hong Kong who began work prior to July 1, 2020, must choose today whether to sign a declaration to uphold the basic law, the city's mini-constitution, be dedicated in their duties, and show loyalty to the city's government. All government employees who joined after July 1 have already signed. Refuseniks could be sacked. A recent memo circulated to government workers clarified what might constitute a violation of this oath, including but not limited to advocating independence for Hong Kong, refusing to recognise China's sovereignty over the territory, and soliciting foreigners to intervene in domestic politics. This demand for allegiance, along with the national security law enacted last June, is part of an effort by the Chinese and Hong Kong governments to stifle the unrest caused by pro-democracy activists a civil servants' union formed during pro-democracy protests in 2019, disbanded out of fear that its members would lose their jobs. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Fabrizio de André, who was born on this day in 1940. Hell exists only for those who fear it. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays.